Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to your last service at Believer's Church in 2023. Hello, BC Boardman. Welcome to all of you online watching, guys at TCI. And uh, my name's Bill, part of the pastoral staff here, and I share with the traditional group. I had, uh, I've had the privilege of being with Pastor Joe and Gina serving in a variety of capacities for three and a half decades. And still excited. Amen. And it's the grace of God, as you know, that helps us to walk in all of this. And um, if you ever leave a, uh, you know, a message on my voicemail, the last thing I say is, and remember, the best is yet to come. Amen? So, uh, the title of my message today is More in 24. What do you think? More in 24. So, you know, this isn't in the notes, but I, I want to pull in this scripture, Romans 5, 20. Because, you know, we're in times that are very interesting. We have a lot of data. We have so much media venue coming at us in such a variety of ways. And, you know, sadly, it's negative news that sells, doesn't it? You know, it's not, it's, it's, it mix in a good story, but the negative news seems to sell. It seems, it seems to pull. But we are in this world, but not of it. Is that true? Where is our citizenship? It's in heaven. But we're here on this earth. And so listen to Romans 5.20. I'm kind of referencing the Amplified. It says, where sin increased and abounded, grace, God's willingness, God's favor, God's ability, it says this. It surpassed it. It says it increased the more, more in 24, and God's grace superabounded. So, you know, you look at life, you look at this last year, you can have a lot of thoughts, you look at the world around us, and you know, there's so many different uh, pers persuasions. Uh, yes, we're getting closer to the Lord's return. I, I love Romans 11, where the Holy Spirit through Paul said that he continues on until the number of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And so there is a number that God has, but in the meantime, we're living on this planet. And as we've heard and we've been taught, this planet is broken because of sin. And there you have an enemy who's got you in his crosshairs. And we're living with imperfect people. We're on a broken planet. And, you know, and there's wicked people too. But what I want to bring out is the reality from God's word that where sin abounds and, oh, it's, you know, a lot of persuasion is just getting to be so bad out there. But what I want to bring in the fact is what the Holy Spirit said through Paul, God's grace surpasses it. God's grace increases and increases the more, and God's grace superabounds. Is there anybody that would like God's grace to superabound in your life in 24? Amen. I know I do. And you've heard Pastor Joe, if you've been here a length of time, he'll say this. You can have as much of God as you want to. And he has given us all of his love and all of his goodness in Jesus. And now we can reach out. And so, you know, more in 24. That's what I want to plan. So, you know, in this process today, I want to stir up your pure minds. Boardman, I'm going to stir up your pure mind. 
Everybody online, I want to stir up your pure mind. You may hear something a little different, but it may have been something you've heard before. But like Peter said, I want to stir up your minds, your pure minds, as long as I'm in this earth suit. So I want to give some perspective today to just help us go into more in 24. Is that all right? So look at Hebrews 4.2. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. And I just want to look in a moment, look on that word profit, and just bring out the fact that God wants you and me to profit and to benefit in his word. He wants us to profit from his word. Amen? Boardman? God wants us to profit from his word. And there's so much in his word, but look what it says. The word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. So you're here. Uh, when I was coming in earlier, a couple people had come earlier, and I obviously didn't get an email blast or maybe weren't here last week to know it was an 11 o'clock service. God bless you if you came back. Thank you. But um, this word, it says here, didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith. So if you've been coming here a length of time, you've been fed the word of God, and you know, you're here, the Holy Spirit has caused you to know that this is home for most of you. Some of you are still checking it out, but it's the Holy Spirit that causes you to know that this is home, and he has you here. And so the word goes forth, and you're sitting in the service, and all of a sudden the light comes on, and you see something you didn't see before. Anybody ever have that happen? Uh, anybody ever have any adjustments from the word? Oh, anybody ever had that? Anybody had your toes walked on a little bit? You know, those whom he loves, he disciplines. Those whom he delights in, he disciplines. But, you know, even the word, when it's adjusting us and correcting us, then, there, you know, the lights come on, or maybe the Holy Spirit, you know, causes you to see something about yourself that's positive and good. And so at the end of the service, life has been ministered to you in a variety of ways. And you've got that thing, that truth, that light has come on. You've got that precious treasure. And then the service is over. And guess what? There's a thing called life that we enter back into, don't we? We go out with our families, go out, we go out with our kids. You know, Pastor Joe and, you know, the, the teachers will always give you that one truth they want you to remember. And so you get a hold of that. But, and I also want to encourage you today, when the Holy Spirit makes something real to you today, get a hold of that. Keep a hold of that. So, you know, you're in here and the, the lights come on and then you go back out into life and this thing in, on planet Earth and in our lives, we drift from those truths that God makes real. We, sometimes something happens and we let him slip. It happens to all of us. And God knows our frame. He knows us. But, this word didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in those that heard. So just to paint a picture, you're in service and all of a sudden the light comes on and you see something, the light comes on. Now, as a believer, you are, we are children of the light. So when that light comes on, one of the ways you mix it with faith is you begin to walk in that light. Amen. Walk, get a hold of that thing, start to walk in that light that he's turned on. 
Maybe if he's made a little adjustment in you, take hold of that adjustment. And once again, take that and make that adjustment in, in your life situation, what he's made the adjustment in. And once again, walk in that. That's, a, that's another way to mix your faith with it. Maybe you've been really beat up by situations and the devil. I mean, you know, he's got you in his crosshairs. That's why he tells us to go to Ephesians 6 and, and take, take up the armor of God. Because he's got you in his crosshairs. He is de defeated. He has been stripped, but he still takes his shots. And maybe you've been really just beat up by things. And then during the service, the Holy Spirit makes something come alive in you. And he makes it real to you how much you're loved and how much you're valued. Well, in that setting, mix your faith with that. Begin to say that about yourself. What God has said to you. What God has made real to you. Begin to say that. Begin to embrace it. Amen? And then another thing. Sometimes you're sitting in service, maybe during the worship service. And the Holy Spirit instructs you to do something. It could be do something financially. It could be do something for somebody, an act of kindness. But he causes you to know that he wants you to do something. Well, one of the ways you mix your faith with is become a doer of that. Yield to that. Be obedient to that. You follow me? That's part of mixing your faith with it. So like I said, I just want to stir up your pure minds because there's so much more in 24 that we're going after. Amen, Boardman? So much more in 24. Now, 1 John 1, 9, look at this with me. All of us that are breathing are thankful for this scripture, aren't we? And we've all operated in it, but look what it says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and the one translation says he's, he's faithful to forgive every time. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in this thing called life, we stumble, we fall, we miss the mark, and we sin. Could be something we say, could be something we do, could be an attitude we're holding on to, could be something we're thinking, could be something we're exposing ourselves to. But in whatever that category is where you miss the mark, and you sin. I love this. It says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us. Now, the word forgive in that verse is from a Greek word, aphemi. And one of the translations for that word is, it means to release the punishment. The punishment's been released because all the punishment, all the judgment was already put on Jesus. Amen? And then it says he's faithful and just, so he will release the punishment. And then the other part of that translation for the Greek word ephemi means to treat the guilty party as completely innocent. Now, you know, if it's just a little thing you're dealing with, you might not feel so much guilt or remorse. But if, you know, if it's something you've been wrestling with, it's something you've been falling to, or it may be a big sin. And you're just devastated. You're just feeling so disgusted with it. When he forgives, when the Father forgives, when you confess your sin and the Father forgives, he's already released the punishment and put it on Jesus. So God is not going to punish you. Now, you can open the door and give the devil permission to slap around a little bit, but God is a wonderful Father. He's not going to punish you. But the other part of that verse says he treats the guilty party. We're guilty. He treats the guilty party as completely innocent. Now, 
I call this the 18 inches factor. And so, you know, I'm working with people, coaching, counseling. I'll use this. But it's called the 18 inches factor. And here's what I mean. Reality of God flows from here. Anybody enter into the praise and worship today and let that river flow a little bit? Amen? So Jesus said in John 7, 38, to him that believes, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So the reality of God is in you. Those rivers of life and joy and peace. That's your reality. That's our reality. Now, 18 inches up, you got this guy. <laughs> Boardman, you got this guy. Anybody relate? There are tenants up there on the third floor that do not know that the house has been sold and there's new ownership and they're up there having a party. And guess what? They're going to sit up there and have a party on your third floor until you go up and you let them know there's a new owner. This is a new temple. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You were bought with a price the life of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. But even though that's all happening, you can still have those tenants up on the third floor. And that's your mind. You know, when you get born again, you're made a brand new creation that never existed before. Isn't that true? One place it says you're perfect and complete in him on the inside. But on the third floor, you can still have that old thinking. Those old tenants are there. So we got to start that process of washing and renewing. So, this verse is beautiful because this lets you know what's happening in the, in, in the God side of when you fail and you, when you finally confess to God what's happening. When he forgives, the punishment is released. And even though you were guilty, he forgives and he treats you and me, the guilty party, as completely innocent. And then look at the next part of the verse. It says, and he goes on, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Now, those online, us here, B.C. Warren and, and Boardman, I want to take a little moment with this verse and want to mix our faith with it. Will you do that with me? So say this with me. I thank you, Father. When I sin, when I miss the mark, I thank you that as I confess this sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me. You release any punishment. And you treat me, the guilty party, as completely innocent. And I thank you that you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. So now, what, you know, the reason I have you say that is because it kind of gets, it'll get in you. It'll stay with you. Now look at Hebrews 4.15. We do not have a high priest who's unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assault of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. So this is Jesus, head over everything. He's master, he's savior, he's king of kings and lord of lords, glorious, holy, majestic, awesome. And... Not only did he go to the cross to take away your sin and shed his blood, but he also actively is your faithful and merciful high priest. Look it. He's able to understand and sympathize with your weakness. He's able to understand, have a shared feeling with our infirmities and the liability to the assault of temptation. So he knows what you're going through. 
He is your faithful and your merciful high priest. He's not up there just discussing, oh, I got to represent you again. Oh, I got to be your advocate again before the Father. When are you going to get a clue? You know you've had thoughts like that. And I just want to remind you, on the third floor, that's, those aren't coming from the Holy Spirit. They are not coming from the Word of God. Amen? But look what he does. He sympathizes with your weaknesses. So that's your mediator. He sympathizes with your weaknesses. And, and I like the translation because it says he's familiar with the liability of the assault of temptation. Sometimes it's a subtle thing. Sometimes it's an outright assault that comes at you. Anybody ever had that assault? where something is just hitting you broadside? Well, he is fully familiar with that. He is fully familiar with that. Now then, look at verse 16. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, unmerited favor and his willingness for us, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in the time of need, appropriate help in the time of need. I love this because it says mercy for our failures. When we struggle, when we sin, sometimes it's a little thing. Sometimes it's a big thing. Sometimes it's been something we've been working with and wrestling with for years. And you're so disgusted with yourself. And you're just thinking, oh, what, God's got to be so disgusted and frustrated with me. I've been dealing with this thing forever. And, you know, all those thoughts and all those performance things. I always try to communicate this. There's two dynamics to this walk with God. There's who you are, and then there's what you do. There's who you are, and there's what you do. So there is performance. There is working out your salvation. But God's looking at who you are. And the cool thing is, he knows the number of the hairs on your head. I, I normally just do this in a memorial service, and I'll jokingly say, he knows the number of the hairs on our head. And when I look around the room, I see the protein management of some of us is a little different than it was years ago. I mean, he knows the number of the hairs on your head. So he know that, this lets you know that he knows you better than you know yourself. So in your time of failure, when you've just, this thing has been beating you up, Remember, we're going for more in 24. Amen? And when this thing's beating you up and, you know, you're just being encompassed with this thing and it's just trying to wear you out and just take you down, I want you to see the heart of God here. When you're at your worst, look at what he says. He wants you to come fearlessly. When you messed up, that sin has been going on, that struggle has been going on, He's not wanting you to run away and just hide in shame. Look at what he's saying. He's wanting us, in light of Jesus, our mediator, he's wanting us to come fearlessly. He's wanting us to come confidently. He's wanting us to come boldly in your time of failure. Remember I talked about the third floor? This is where we've got to mix our faith with this, get our minds renewed with this. When you're at your worst, God's heart is out for your best. And he's telling you, come fearlessly, come confidently, come boldly to my throne, not of disgust, not of judgment, not of, oh, I can't believe you're coming again. He says, no, come boldly to my throne of grace. Come boldly to my throne, the throne of my ability. And look at, so that you can receive mercy for your failures. Now I've got that word in there in that translation, the word mercy. 
It's from a Greek word, elios, and it means, in the translation I looked into, I think it was the, the vines, but it says, for the Greek word elios, it means having a desire to relieve the miserable. So when you're at your worst, and you're just so disgusted, and you're just encompassed with this sin, this sin and it's trying to bury you, God is saying, I have mercy for your failure. I have a desire to relieve your misery. Any, any parents in here? Okay. So would you agree with me? And Boardman, would you agree with me that everything your child goes through, you go through? Anybody say amen today? If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's called storge love. And then anything that touches your child touches you. Whether they're young, whether they're adults, as a parent, it's just that life factor, the way God designed us. Everything our child goes through, we go through. Everything they go through, we go through. Everything that touches them, touches us. Well, where did we get that from? We didn't evolve into it. We get it from the ultimate parent, which is God, our Father. And when you're struggling and wrestling and feeling so disgusted because of what this sin and this stumbling has done, he's saying, come fearlessly, come confidently, come boldly to the throne of my grace. I've got, I'm feeling mercy. You know, when your kids mess up, you, know, you're, you're, you just want to relieve their misery. You want to rescue them and relieve the misery any way you can. And sometimes the only thing you can do is pray because they're not asking you for help. And you might not have a great connection with them, but you can always pray. And prayer is a vehicle that releases God to move in the earth. And we can always pray. But he's saying here, I've got mercy for your failures. Now, once again, let's take a moment, mix our faith with this. Say this with me. Thank you, Father, for your incredible love. And when I mess up and I'm wrestling with things, I can draw near boldly confidently, without shame, to your throne of grace and receive mercy from my failure and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. So I just mixed your faith with that. And I wanted to get that in you so we can have more in 24. Now look at Ephesians 2.10 here in the New Living Translation. We're God's masterpiece. You know, I sit with people, and you know, when I'm dealing with counseling or coaching, you know, they're, they're not always doing a victory lap. They're struggling with things. So I'm sitting with them, and I'll ask them, so when God looks at you, in, in, the, in your status of things now, when God looks at you, what does he see? What does he think? Oh, pastor, brother, you know, he knows I'm trying my best. He knows I'd like to do better. He knows I'd like to do more of this, but everything in that mindset, and that's, a lot of us guys are like that, a lot of performance to it, but then I take him to a scripture like this, and I want him to look at it with me, and look at Ephesians 2.10. We are, right now, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece right now. You are, all of us are a work in progress. We are on the journey of working out our salvation with the help of the Holy Spirit, right? But you right now are God's masterpiece. That's what he is saying about you 
right now. Boardman, that's what he is saying about you right now. All of those of you online, guys at TCI, this is what he's saying about you right now. You are his masterpiece. You are his work of art. And you were recreated in Christ Jesus. It says to do good things. So I just want to encourage you and challenge you to take what God says about you and begin to mix your faith with it. Begin to say it. Regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of what the third floor tenants are trying to tell you, you are God's masterpiece. Say this with me, everyone, online. The Bible is God speaking to me personally. One more time. The Bible is God speaking to me personally. And he says, you are his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. Now look at Psalms 37, 23 with me. I'm going to go there. This is the New Living Translation. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. A little story with this. Uh, I don't know if it's been two or three years ago. Um, and we do part of our curriculum with the Connect Groups is the Freedom Group. And it's a, it's a workbook. Originally, the leadership went through it, and it's a, it was a 12-week uh, journey. It's a connect group, and then you end up with the retreat. We had a group that did it in Boardman last semester, and a group that did it in Warren, and they went to the retreat. But this particular setting, when I was doing this freedom group, I was doing it with men, just men. And it had about eight or ten men in it. And so we did it on Thursday nights. And I had a very full week. I was really washed out. And a guy named Bill, who was also had gone through the, the group before, Bill was running it, and I was just in the group that night just to be there with the guys, but I was washed out. And I'll be honest, it was about 10 to late, and I was really ready for this group to get over. Just being honest. I mean, I was washed. He was doing a great job. I know the guys were getting blessed, but... And then we got to this verse in the chapter. And when we got to this verse, I don't remember, to be honest, if... It was when he was reading it, or I happened to look down at that verse. But when I read that verse, the Holy Spirit, like a Red Bull moment, I've never actually had a Red Bull, but it's just, you know, you're getting injected. <laughs> you know, a good, good strong cup of coffee or uh, a speed pill or something. All of a sudden, whew, the Holy Spirit rose up in me, and he locked me into this verse that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. And then the second part of that verse, he delights in every detail of their lives. And the Holy Spirit rose up in me for these men and gave me these things, a few points to really communicate and to speak into these men and to speak over these men. And then he had me lead them in a confession. And I led them in a confession acknowledging that their father is delighting in every detail of their life. And when I led them in that, there was things breaking off of these men. You could just feel it. And here I find out the majority of those men had really bad relationships with their fathers. And as a result of that, not only did they have that baggage, but then it had a direct you know, effect on how they viewed their heavenly father. And that night in that scripture, we went from all that past and all that pain we went to this reality from God's word that he is a father and he delights in every detail of their life. And remember, the Bible is God speaking to me personally. 
So I just want to let you know that the Father right now in your current status is delighting in every detail of your life. He is delighting in every detail of your life. It has nothing to do with your past performance or how you currently feel about yourself. You might have a very uh, bad life situation that isn't pretty. Could be a lot of ugly stuff. But I just want to bring this to you that your Father right now is delighting in every detail of your life. Now, once again, we want that word to profit us. So we want to mix it with faith. So, Boardman, online, Warren, I'd like you to say this with me. Thank you, Father. And I give you place to direct my steps. And I thank you that right now you are delighting in every detail of my life. You are delighting in every detail of my life. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for causing that to come alive in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just wanted to take a moment to mix our faith with that. Is that all right? Okay. John 16, 7, look at this. This is in the Amplified. I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it's good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you in the close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And this is Jesus, of course, talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to go. They're flipping out because he's telling them it's, in, it's advantageous for you that I leave. But the reason I want to key in on this verse and this translation, look at the word standby. And I want to just tell you a little story about standby. So I don't know how many years ago it was, we were gearing up for a men's retreat. And we would do them Friday nights into Saturday afternoon. And so we had, uh, you know, great group of guys signed up and we'd usually set the place around 45 minute drive away so they had time to drive transition fellowship and get in a you know in a healthy mindset so we got that gearing up so friday morning i come into work and i got these symptoms and i got these symptoms it could be like it was flu or whatever i mean you know i'm in work but I mean, dizzy, just all kinds of symptoms. So, you know, I'm speaking the word. I thank you, Jesus. You took my infirmities. You carried away my diseases. I thank you. The resurrection life of the Holy Spirit is strengthening me. So, you know, I'm just the words that I know, the scriptures that I know, I'm just speaking them. And I'm going through the day. Uh, and things aren't really changing. They're standing at bay a little bit, but I'm not really getting the breakthrough yet. But I'm just standing, continuing to speak that word. And then to top it off, early afternoon, got a phone call that somebody's requesting a visit from a pastor to visit somebody over Trumbull. So now I'm gearing up. Okay, I'm the one that's here. So I gear up, and I'm getting in my car, you know, still wrestling with stuff. I'm able to drive, but I'm still wrestling with stuff. And as I'm driving, I just start praying in the Spirit. Because I've done everything else. I've spoken the word. I've been standing, having done all to stand, stand. So I just start praying in that language. I'm just praying. And I'm just drawn on that. And I'm going down Elm Road, you know, Elm Road Plaza. And just before the Genesee light, as I'm doing that, all of a sudden, I get this interpretation. I hear these words bubble up. Ha, 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 devil. 
ha, ha, ha. And you ever have something, you ever have, you know, you ever know something on the inside? Anybody ever, you just know it on the inside? It's not up here, but you just know it in here. Well, I knew I was supposed to speak that out. So I, I spoke out, ha, 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 devil. When I spoke it out, this anointing broke, healing anointing broke loose on me. I go, whoa, I'm liking that. So I'm turning left on the Genesee. Ha, 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 devil. I'm doing it again. And every time I'm doing that, my standby was giving me that cue. He was giving me that, those words to speak. When I did that, this uh, anointing and presence and power of the Holy Spirit just broke through on me. And I was just, those symptoms were just getting blasted out. Is that a good thing? You know, you're wrestling something, all of a sudden you get that breakthrough. You know, your Bible says in the Old Testament, it's the anointing that breaks or destroys the yoke. And you know, even in praise and worship today, I think many of you could testify, things happened and fell off you and you got set free and refreshed even during the worship service today. But that, every time I spoke that out, and that was what he gave me, this, my standby gave me that little cue, ha, 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 devil, go figure. But when I spoke it out, it released what God wanted to release. By the time I got over to Market Street, I was in a shout. I'm like, hey! Ah! Anybody relate to that? You know, you've been laboring under something and you get, you know, it's like getting, you've been under a financial thing and all of a sudden you get a call that something's being canceled or something, you know, that debt's being canceled or somebody's helping you out. And it's like, hey, man, that's breakthrough. I was ready to go cast out devils. I mean, I was just ready to go do whatever, you know, we prayed and blessed that person. But that was my standby. And so this word standby, February of 2002, I was in my office, sitting at my desk with a hard copy Amplified Bible, reading that verse. And while I'm reading that verse, the Holy Spirit, when I read standby, his presence came upon me. And he spoke to me and he said, Bill, I'm your standby. And I'm standing by, waiting to take hold with the words of your mouth. And I'm standing by, waiting to empower you and strengthen you to walk in all of my word, walk in all of my will for your life. I'm your standby. And so he's been that to me. And guess what? Anybody ever heard about the standby before? Well, guess what? Now that you've heard it, he is your standby. Because the Bible says the minute you hear it, you're included. And he is your standby. He's standing by waiting to help you to go forward in what God has for you. And he's standing by waiting to flow through you to reach hurting people that are all around you. He is your standby and he wants to be your standby and he's going to work together with the words of your mouth. So the Holy Spirit's sitting up inside of me and I'm so aware. He's like, hey, Bill, give me something to work with. So he's saying that to you and me. Okay, give me something to work with. So that word will profit us as we mix it with faith. Does that make sense? Now, one more standby story. Uh, years ago, I'm in a prayer time, and there's a staff member, and, you know, they're doing their ministry settings, and I'm doing mine. But, man, there was just some friction. And you probably didn't know that, but sometimes people in leadership have friction. That's a joke, but it does happen. And so, you know, this individual, the things that were going on, they were really starting to get a hold of me. And I'm thinking like, man, you know, I didn't have a release from the Holy Spirit to go address it. But I mean, this thing was really trying to lock some thoughts around me. You ever, you ever had that happen? 
Some thoughts are trying to, just like a band was trying to get around me. And you know, you got little familiar imps that have been studying you for a long time, and they're looking for opportunity to get access into your life, and they're going to shoot those darts. And so this thing was really trying to get a hold of me. And once again, I'm having a prayer time. I'm sipping some coffee, and I start to just stir up that language because I'm not knowing what else to do at this point. And as I'm just stirring up that language, all of a sudden, these words came up, sympathizes with our weaknesses. And I knew, once again, I was supposed to speak that out. And I said, I thank you, Jesus, that you sympathize with my weaknesses. And when I said that, now here's what I'm doing. I'm mixing my faith with it. When I said that, that band that was trying to get around me and shoot those accusations, it just broke. It just burst. It just fell off. And the presence and the life and the love and the freedom of the Holy Spirit just rose up. And that issue was no longer an issue. And that whole situation just totally turned. That was my standby. And you have the same standby, the same Holy Spirit. I mean, you're here, and the majority of you know this. The Holy Spirit's led you here. The majority of you know this is your home. This is where God set you in. And he's one that wants to help you walk into all those paths and purposes that he has. He wants to flow through you to touch people and touch lives. He wants to flow through you, board men, and bring impact to the community of people around you. Amen? Amen. So we're going to finish out with that. Let's take a moment for prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And like I said earlier, whatever the Holy Spirit has made real to you today, whatever light he's turned on, take hold of it. Embrace it. Let it just become a part of you as we move our way into 2024, where there's going to be so much more. You might be here today. You're not sure of your eternity. I just want to let you know, God is not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He knows all about you, but he values you. And the price he paid for you is the proof of your worth. And that price was the giving of his son, Jesus, and his life and his blood for you with all of his heart. And so if you're not sure of your eternity, we want you to know that he gave his son and he gave Jesus to reconcile us unto himself. And so what we're going to do here as a body is we're going to say a simple prayer to receive this free gift of eternal life. And if you'd like to pray that prayer with us, you can also do it. Brothers and sisters, pray this prayer with me. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to take away my sin because of your wonderful love for me. Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross and taking my sin and shedding your blood. Forgive me. I receive you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. 
The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.